Does anyone need God to make a way tonight in your life? Pastor Glodeth mentioned we're journeying our way through the seven churches in Revelation. The series of, well, that we're focusing on is the church unveiled, and we're looking tonight at Smyrna. And so that's the title of the sermon, and I could have a small subtitle, The Cost of Commitment to Christ. Now, just a quick geography lesson. If you're wondering where Smyrna was or is, it was about 40 miles north of Ephesus. If you think uh, of where Athens would be today, it's directly east of that across the Aegean Sea. Small little town, a port town, a small church. They were faithful. Praise God. They were faithful. Amen? But they were going through challenges. Does life get hard sometimes? Anybody? Is it difficult? The challenges emerge in our lives. Are you one of those Christians? Why me? When a challenge happens. And I sit there and I think to myself, well, I want to live the way that Jesus lived. So I'm going to go through what Jesus went through, right? He went through ridicule, shame, persecution, rejection, absolutely everything. As a Christian, you are not exempt from a trial or a test in your life. All the way through Scripture, in every culture, every community, every context, you see conflict and challenges. But can I start our time together tonight by reminding us that God is sovereign and He is in control, irrespective of how challenging your situation may be. So we can take confidence and courage that God is acutely aware of everything that you are carrying and navigating. But more importantly and more beautifully, God knows and he sees your faithfulness. The answer is not to bow to fear, but to embrace Christ, walk by faith, trust him and his word. Have you ever met a Christian? I was guilty of the previous charge and I'm guilty of this one. Under the circumstances, I'm doing okay. Have you ever heard a Christian say that? We are above and not below our circumstances don't control us. Jesus is sovereign. He rules. He reigns. He has the final say. We have to start utilizing the spiritual authority that God has given us in our lives, which means we have to take our eyes off of our problems and fix them on the problem solver. Too many Christians embrace and focus on the challenges and the circumstances, but not on Jesus do you know that you are spiritually rich in Christ? So my question as we start our time tonight, who or what has been stealing your attention and your focus recently? What lie, what problem, what issue has started to erode your confidence and your conviction that Jesus Christ is truly Lord of your life? So the first thing I want to unpack for us this evening is that Jesus sees your challenges. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 2, we can read the letter that is written to the church there in Smyrna. Revelation 2 verses 8 to 11 reads, And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. Verse 9, I know your works, your tribulation, your poverty, but you are rich. Stop reading. 
I would love that letter to stop there. <laughs> I'm rich in Christ. Amen? There's the victory. There's the breakthrough. And Jesus gives us three key features on display. Your translations may say afflictions. It may say trials instead of tribulations. But it will say poverty, but rich. And the reality is, like much of the church today, these community of believers were living in constant pressure, pagan-imposed traditions and tensions in their lives, constantly attempting to tear them apart and break them down, conforming to the cultural norm and expectations. The believers were living in fear. Those who did not believe were challenged, ridiculed, persecuted. Maybe you feel like that today. Imagine for a moment that every single day you have to fight your way through endless battles and suffering. Imagine fearing death for your faith in Christ. Imagine going to prison for your faith. Imagine the pain and the anguish of that sort of climate and culture. Now, we could easily look at that and think, well, if they don't compromise, God will see them through. And He does. But sometimes the pressure can be difficult. Amen? It doesn't deny that the pressures are there, the challenges are there, the tensions are there. How do we respond? What comes out of us by what's going on around us? We have a choice as Christians tonight. Do we allow what's going on around us to affect what's going on within us? Or do we stand strong? Do we trust God at His Word? Do we know? Because, you know, when you get to the end of the book of Revelation, we win. Because Jesus wins, amen? So your trial, the pressure, the tension that you feel in your life today with whatever you're going through, know this, it will come to pass in Jesus' name, amen? Stand firm in the faith. That's what we're called to do. All of those moments of anguish, sorrow, and shame will die one day. The pressure and the persecution will be swept away in a moment of His glorious power and dominion. Take heart, take courage. Why don't you say it with me? It is well with my soul. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. He will have the final say. The goal for us tonight is not to buckle under the weight of the pressure of the persecution. We have to stand firm in Christ. Look at the person next to you and tell them, I am not a victim, I am a victor in Jesus Christ. One of the things we must do as Christians is start to exercise the spiritual authority that God has given us over our circumstances. We cannot abdicate our spiritual responsibilities. We must enforce and exercise the authority that God has given us. Too many Christians are sitting around waiting for God to act on our behalf. Do you know He is pleased by your faith? You move, you activate, you stretch, and you develop your faith in Jesus Christ. Pursue with passion your love for God. Stretch beyond the borders of your current spiritual maturity to a higher realm so that you can dive deeper into a greater anointing of who Jesus Christ is. Choose intentionally to stand on His promises over your life. Why? There is power in His name and there's power in His Word. As I said earlier, I would have loved if this letter stopped at verse 9. I am rich in Christ. He's not talking about material riches, by the way. 
praise God. But Jesus goes further. He tells them not to be afraid. How would you respond? How would you respond in the moments of your life where there's strife, turmoil, persecution, pressure, and you're told, do not be afraid? Who's the author of this letter? Who's the author of the letter? Does anyone know? John, some people say Jesus, some people aren't sure, just give me the answer. Okay, I would love everyone to just close their eyes for a moment while I actually read some scripture over you. Jesus is the great shepherd. Psalm 23, Ezekiel 34, and Genesis, there are lots of examples in the Old Testament that demonstrate to us Old Testament prophecies that's ultimately come to pass in John 10, where we know that he is the good shepherd. And I want to read Psalm 23 over your life. And maybe think about the challenges that are existing in your life. The pressures at work to be a Christian. The pressures of living in the culture that we live in today that tries to <laughs> tear apart family tries to redefine gender, and all the other challenges that we find on social media, just living as a Christian is hard work, much less witnessing and making an impact. Know this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's truth right there, friends. And you know what's a lie? Fear is a liar. Amen? It has no control. It has no authority. It has no place in your life. Jesus is acutely aware of all that you're going through. He knows and he sees. He's not absent from your life. I'm reminded of a line in the song that we were singing, Waymaker, even though I don't see it, you're working. He's working for your good. You may not see it right now, much like the church there at Smyrna, but that does not mean that he is aloof or absent from your life. He is working behind the scenes and he will have the final say and you will stand in victory and freedom in him. Amen? So when Jesus writes to the church, we cannot be, allow ourselves to be afraid. I am with you, declares the Lord. We need to renew our trust and our faith in Jesus and once again place him first place in our lives. But for that to happen... We need to remove the distractions, the things that are going on around us, and start to focus on what Jesus is and who he has asked us to be, because he who is promised is faithful. 
You don't need to be afraid anymore. Amen? You may recall that fear has absolutely no place in your life. But in taking out the fear, you need to replace it with something. And you need to replace it with faith in who Jesus is. So point number two is that you are rich in Jesus Christ. Irrespective of how big or difficult or taxing your challenges are, you are rich in Jesus Christ. Not in your intellect, not in your wisdom, not in your own understanding, but in Christ you are rich and you have a contribution to make to the body of Christ. That's a beautiful promise for us today because your faith and your life are exclusively in Jesus Christ. And we receive a promise, the crown of life, second death will not harm you. This letter covers past, present, and future challenges. And the challenge for some of us is that we need to deepen our maturity spiritually and emotionally to navigate the tough terrain of today's society. Otherwise, we end up compromising. We negotiate. We dilute the truth to reduce the risk of persecution or shame for standing for Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you tonight, friends? There needs to be greater demonstrations of faith in the lives of Christians in today's world now more than ever. Amen? We've got to actually practice what we preach. We've got to live out what the Word of God declares in our lives and narrow the gap between the fear and the faith so that faith ultimately rules and reigns because Jesus is sovereign and He has a perfect plan for your life. He wants to work in you before He works through you. The question tonight is, will you activate your faith? Will you allow the Lord to mold you and shape you so that you can be a change agent for Jesus, right where he has placed you. So you will stand against the tide of every society, in every circumstance that you stand in, and you stand firm because you are confident that you have the riches of Jesus Christ abiding within you. That's the call. That's the charge. That's the challenge. The world needs to see your faith on display. Not sound bites, not reducing your Christian walk to a Sunday service. They need to see that your faith is genuine. Your relationship with Jesus, Jesus will have no greater credibility and integrity than when you put your faith into action. Can't just recite nice Bible verses and make people think, oh, I'm a lovely Christian. You've got to be radical. You've got to be passionate. You've got to have intentional acts of faith that to your non-Christian friends, to the world, people will think you're mad, you're absurd, it's crazy. But you're serving a supernatural God who can do supernaturally, abundantly, above and beyond all that we can possibly ask or imagine. Greater is he who lives in me than he who is in the world. Are these just sound bites, or is this God's heart and God's nature and God's character towards you, his son, his daughter, in whom he loves and in whom he is well pleased? Are you rich in Christ tonight? That's a promise for us. What does Paul say in Ephesians 6? After putting on the full armor of God, he says, after you've done all of that, stand, stand firm. Is there anyone that wants to stand firm for their faith in Christ here tonight? Amen? Amen. When you've done all you can do, stand. And point three, look to the person next to you and tell them, you are a winner. You're a winner. We've got to learn to live as a winner. Paul said it in Romans didn't he? He said it in Romans. He said that we can live as overcomers, as winners. That's your charge. 
That's what God has called you to. The church in Smyrna won. You will overcome every obstacle, every challenge, every barrier in your life. You will experience victory over every lie that operates in your life in today's society, over every person who's ever persecuted you, lied about you, attacked you verbally or otherwise. You will win as you stand and contend for your faith in Jesus Christ. Winners get rewards. You think of the guys that run the 100 meters in the Olympics, they get a medal. You're going to get something. The crown of life. Hello. Much greater than a 40 tiny little piece of gold. You get the crown of life. Does anybody want to win in this place tonight? Has anyone got a winner's mentality? Some of us need to regain our boldness and our bravery and fight the good fight of faith. We need to awaken and activate the spiritual authority to hear what God is saying to us today. And friends, now more than ever, we need it. When you pick up the newspaper, you open the internet, you watch the news with the continual erosion of integrity, morality, kingdom principles that are being pushed to the margins of society at a breathtaking rate. The challenge and the commission to live as a winner for Christ has to be center in order for us to have victory. You must keep on keeping on. Jesus has never left you. He's never forsaken you. He knows and he sees everything. He stood in the face of great adversity. He has seen your heart, the opportunities to sin that you didn't take, the opportunities to compromise on your faith that you didn't allow, the opportunities to witness, fly in the face of your friends and be shamed and rejected by your friends, but you witnessed. Why? Because you're a winner. Why? Because you're rich in Christ. Amen? Is there anyone here that is rich in Christ? Is anyone wanting to live in victory? You've got to allow your love and your faith to motivate you and stir you so that you can live in victory. And you're sitting there thinking, well, Scott, that's easy. Jesus isn't in my workplace. Yes, he is. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He knows and sees absolutely everything. And so I want to close with a word of encouragement. If you're struggling to connect with the Father, struggling to walk in that victory, not understanding the riches that you have in Christ, Hebrews 4, verses 14 to 16 declares, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We have one who has been tempted in every possible way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find help in our time of need. Katie, would you stand with me this evening? In these final moments, I want to pull together what I've shared tonight. Jesus sees your challenges. The pastors here may not know every challenge of every person, but Jesus is the good shepherd. He knows every challenge that every person is carrying. He knows all your circumstances. 
And he wants you to know that you're rich in him and that you will have the victory, just like that church at Smyrna. But we need to walk up to him and present ourselves just as we are to receive the mercy, to accept the help that he longs to give us so that we can walk in that victory, so that we can live in the victory that Jesus gave us at the cross, amen? So that we can carry ourselves with boldness and bravery into the highways and byways to proclaim the gospel and the good news and that actually the pressure and the persecution, the ridicule, the shame, the rejection, all those things will climax to cause us to come closer to the throne room of Jesus Christ, to dig deeper into his presence, to find greater strength through his word, to embrace his promises, to walk closer to the one who went through absolutely everything, was tempted in every way,